It's time for another Magic Monday, the podcast that explores the magical worlds of fantasy fiction. Ready to add some magic to your Monday? Let's dive in. Welcome to another Magic Monday, brought to you by Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. I'm your host, Carrie Schaefer, and I can't wait to dive into the magical world of today's book, Dark Moon, Shallow Sea, with author David R. Slayton. Make sure to listen to the very end to learn how to enter to win a copy of this absolutely gorgeous book that I'm planning to give away to one lucky listener. Let me tell you a little bit about David, and then we'll get right on with this. David R. Slayton grew up in Guthrie, Oklahoma, where finding fantasy novels was pretty challenging, and finding fantasy novels with diverse characters was downright impossible. Now he lives in Denver, Colorado, and writes the books he always wanted to read. His debut, White Trash White Trash Warlock, which I have to interrupt myself here to say is possibly one of the best and most intriguing titles I've ever yet run across, and we're not talking about it today, but I need to find out about it now, was a finalist for the Colorado Book Award. In 2015, David founded Trick or Read, an initiative to give out books along with candy to children on Halloween, as well as uplift lesser known authors or those from marginalized backgrounds. David is a regular speaker and panelist at fan cons and writing conferences. You can find him online at davidrslayton.com. He and I have a gazillion things to talk about today, but we're gonna try and keep it short. Hi, David, thank you for joining me on another Magic Monday. Thanks for having me, Carrie. How is your Monday going so far? Is there a magical moment? Well. It's it's the Monday after the long weekend yes. with Thanksgiving, so I have to admit I'm having a little harder time coming back to reality and the day job and it all. But it's uh it's good. I get to talk to you today. Um, I finished working on something fun last night and sent it over to my agent. So ooh, yeah, I'm... ooh. Now we really wait for the magic so that your agent loves it and all good things come back. So the book we are talking about today, which by the way, uh, listeners, has the most gorgeous cover I have seen in a very, very long time, is Dark Moon, Shallow Sea. David, can you give us, I know this is so hard, especially with fantasy, but can you give us kind of the short elevator pitch? Sure. It's only a couple sentences. Um, before I do, I want to say... The cover was designed by Sarah Riedlinger at Blackstone, my publisher, and she did the most beautiful job. She also did the interior art, except for the map, which was done by Jake Shandy. Nice. Um, so, Dark Moon, Shallow Sea, yeah, let me start that over. Dark Moon, Shallow Sea is the story of Wraith. He's the moon goddess's last worshiper. Her murder stopped the tides, darkened the night sky, and left the ghosts of the dead without a path to the underworld. Now, Wraith wants payback. He lives as a thief on the streets. So he breaks into the temple of the Knights of the Sun, murdered his goddess, and steals a box. And he's expecting to find gold, jewels, you know, something inside that he can hawk and get a little payback. Instead, he finds another man, Kinos, sleeping and alive. Not knowing why Kinos is in the box, Rafe decides to steal him. And Rafe thinks maybe in Kinos he's found a friend, possibly a first love, maybe, just maybe, the key to bringing back the moon. But if they can't figure out why Kinos was in the box, the moon will never rise again, and the world will drown in. It is 
like I got all kinds of chills and fun and excitement. Um, so yeah, this is what a what a fabulous premise. This is the whole, you know, opening the box, what's in there. You're not expecting to find a person. And if you do alive was probably not going to be your first guess. So there's a there's a lovely mystery there. Right to start. Now there's another um there's the the god of goddess of the moon who's been murdered. And then there's Hyperion also, the god of the sun, yes? Yeah, I'm using the Greek Titans, so feed okay. of the moon, Hyperion of the sun. And so I'm working with deities that people don't know as well. Yeah, everybody knows the Olympians, of course, Zeus and Athena. And stories with them are great, but they're kind of a little played out in fiction. I feel like a lot of people have covered them. I wanted to work with something more primordial, something less known, and the Titans were more elemental, and they're a lot vaguer in our history. There's also the idea that when the Titans were overthrown by the Olympians, by their children, they were exiled to Tartarus. And in some versions of the myth, they actually went somewhere else and founded a new golden age. And this is that idea that the world this book is set on the gods came to thousands of years ago, and this is the gods' new home, new, you know. Um, at least it was a few thousand years ago. So this is the world they went to when they left Earth. Okay, the world that we're getting into, we then have um, two factions, it sounds like, or there's only one person left who's the worshiper of, of the goddess of the moon, and then there's the other side, which... There may be more without giving you too many spoilers, but essentially... Right, no, no spoilers. So <laughs> the night, when the Knights of the Sun... Hyperion's church brought down Phoebe's towers and killed all of her priests and worshipers. The moon, any moon worshippers left were declared heretics. And the knights acted in accordance with a prophecy that the head of the church, their hierarch, got that said that if Phoebe, the moon goddess, was going to bring back the demons. So when the gods first arrived on this world, there were other um, gods here already, already there. And they branded them demon and demons and launched a war of colonization. So they, and some, not all the gods survived. Not all the Titans made it through this war. And, but eventually they won and the demons were overthrown and killed. And so there's this kind of fear in the church that the demons would come back. And the pro, that's what the prophecy said. So that's why the knights did what they did, because they feared that the gods' ancient enemy would be brought back into the world if Phoebe um, continued. And that's why they took her out. So there are other dot gods. This is a polytheistic society. They know that they're not, Hyperion and Phoebe aren't the only ones. But so there's no like, oh, Hyperion's the only god. You know, he's the only one we believe in. They understand the other gods are, are all present and all the other Titans. And some of them are mentioned or brought in. But the two main ones we're dealing with in this book are Hyperion and Phoebe. But you so you understand the other gods are real, and you might even pray to them sometimes, but you generally have a patron. Every city has its patron, much like ancient Greece, right? Athens is named for Athena. She was their patron. Sure. Um, and so there's a lot of that going on. Like you you might you might pray to different gods for different things, but you generally have one that's your patron, the one that you really, you know, you believe in and truly follow. Obviously, there's all kinds of themes that are going to come in this book. And it sounds to me like you had fun playing with, you know, civilization and religion and politics and all of those kinds of things from the 
fantasy point of view, which is for me the funnest place theater for all of those ideas because we're not as attached to them when we get into, you know, a fantasy story. Yeah, I, it was a blast, frankly. <laughs> it was a lot of fun to mix and, and to play with some of these tropes and ideas and right. really get in, get into how the world works and how faith works in this world. They still, they still live kind of in myth time as opposed to strong time. So they understand, like, as we understand, the sun is the sun. But for them, the sun is literally Hyperion. So Phoebe's, and so when Phoebe died, the moon just never rose again. What a horrible thing for the moon to never rise again. So I can understand why your main character, um, Raph, is that, that how it's pronounced? Is Rafe. Rafe, okay. Rafe. So, so Rafe, um, he's not having a good time because his goddess is, you know, destroyed. The moon is not rising. And so um, he's out to do some things to, to write this or at least, you know, make himself feel better um so he seems to have some kind of as far as i read some magical abilities of his own can you can you talk about that a little bit about what is special about him yeah so with the moon dawn the ghost of the dead can't go to the end of the world and if you're out at night by dark and you so much as scratch yourself they'll pull all the blood out of you so you got to be very careful but wraith has one sort of superpower left from his goddess he can see in the dark so he can navigate and what's happening with the ghosts because as more people die and things get worse night becomes more and more dangerous so people are burning whatever they can fire and lights will keep the ghosts at bay and they won't kind of straight wall thick walls right so you need to stay inside but time is going on as time goes on and the tides have stopped so there's fewer whales there's less well oil so all, all of this creating this terrible confluence of the ghost situation is getting really bad. But because Rave can see in the dark, he can navigate around things. He's not in danger of tripping and scratching himself the way someone who can't see would be. So he's um, able to sneak around and do, do what he does, thanks to her, thanks to that bit of magic. And then it's not too much of a spoiler because it's in the first chapter. <laughs> but when he finds the box, the box is locked. and um, Kind of, he doesn't know where it comes from, and so that's another big mystery in the book. Is he can summon a knife of shadow that allows him to that will act almost like a skeleton key and open any lock, and allows him to open the box and find Kinos inside. Okay, so he can see in the dark, and he has a special uh, shadow knife. Now you have another, I believe, main character that we haven't talked about mm -hmm. at all. Do we want to mention Seth just a little bit? Seth's on the other side of this story. He belongs to Hyperion. Oh yeah, Seth is a poor Seth. Everybody loves Seth, and I have to admit I do too. He started out kind of as just as a cliche villain, and as I fell more in love with him, his point of view got stronger, and he became more interesting. Seth is a knight of Hyperion. He's very young and very eager. He's about Rafe's age. He's only about a year or so older, and they're, they're like 23, 25. And Seth, though, has a flaw in that the knights, the knights power, their ability to, to make their swords light on fire or to summon flames is all based upon their doubt on their, their level of their faith, right? So if someone has an absolute faith, their, their power would be unwavering. Um, but if doubt creeps in, their faith may waver. They may not be able to sustain the fire and the flaming sword. As long and Seth has a flaw in him that causes the sun, the god's fire, to burn him. 
So whenever he, the other knights are fireproof, so if they were to summon a flaming sword and it crept up past the handle, it wouldn't hurt them. Their god's fire does not burn them. Seth, on the other hand, for reasons that we'll get into in the book, um, the fire burns him, and it causes a constant sputtering of his power and everything because of his the doubts that that brings, because he feels that he's not worthy. So a lot of his struggle is trying to reconcile the concerns he has with the way that his church plays politics as well and his faith, because he does absolutely believe in his God. He does worship Hyperion fully, but at the same time, he doesn't understand why his constant prayer of take away this flaw that causes the fire to burn means the answer always seems to be no. I, I am loving that. I mean, way to way to really dive into creating a character who has a doesn't fit in with his culture, his religion, his mission, and has to find a find a way to grow through that. So that's great. And then I can only guess that these two are going to play against and into and off of each other in a bunch of different ways. Yeah. And they're both um Seth is Seth is wonderful. Part of the, the organization he's a part of is got some problems clearly which he does see and recognize which causes even more doubt and concern um but yeah it's, it's watching them interplay is hysterical because they are both they're just both disasters and I, I love them but when they do when they do come up against each other uh it's very it's very cute to watch like each of them try to reconcile what's going on in the situation i don't want to give any spoilers but their their no. first meeting is is very very fun okay so i can't wait to get there and read that so um I, my next question really i think that anybody listening to this who loves fantasy um of this type at all is already on their way to buy your book but let's just talk about that a little bit where can readers find you online the easiest place to find me is just davidrslayton.com just don't forget the r um, and if you just google david r slayton books i'll pop right up i'm all over social media and easy to find. Um, and if you sign up for my newsletter at the website, you'll be the first to get news about what's coming next in my books and uh, in my career. So that's the easiest place to find me. And if you're looking for my book, it's available anywhere. It's um, it's the first time I've ever been widely distributed. So I'm in most Barnes and Nobles. I'm in most of the airport bookstores. Um, you And of course your local indie. And if they don't have me in stock too, your bookstore can always order it. Um, but I, I also really love my book on Audible. Um, my narrator, Michael David Axtell, does a beautiful job. And we actually won Audible's Best of 2022 for my last book, Dead Be Drew. Michael does a great job with this book as well. Um, it was really fun to get to listen to it and hear my words reflected back with such an awesome narrator reading it. That That is really a magical moment um, when the narrator really gets it right and you get to listen. I, I know about that. And the book in the in the airport bookstores is is a dream of mine. So I'll just <laughs> it, live vicariously for the moment. It's crazy. <laughs> Same thing. I've been working on it for so long. It's something I've wanted my whole life. And like the first time yeah. I walked walked into a, a Hudson and saw it, I, I might have squeed a little loudly. So I'm like, oh my God, it's here. <laughs> You deserve, absolutely. The squeeing is completely, completely deserved in that case. One more thing I got to ask real quick. White Trash Warlock. What are, what are we getting if we pick up that book? So the Adam Binder series starts with White Trash Warlock. The second one's Trailer Park Trickster and the third one's Debbie Druid. We also have a spinoff called Rogue Community College coming out in 2024. So look for that one. Um, it's the story of Adam Binder 
And like me, he grew up broke and gay in a trailer in the woods in Oklahoma. And wow. Adam, Adam's if, if Rafe is my like angrier younger self, Adam is my is my much nicer younger self. Um he's living in a trailer park in Guthrie with his aunt, his great aunt, and just kind of getting by. And he's estranged from most of his family because when his sight kicked in and he began to see the other side, they thought he was mentally ill. So they put him into a, a home, into a mental institution. And so there's a lot of bad blood there. But when his sister-in-law gets possessed, his brother has moved to Denver, reinvented himself, completely forgot about his backwoods roots and tried to forget about Adam and what he did to him. Um, but when his, Bobby was his name, Robert, when his wife gets possessed, he realized, oh no, Adam was probably right about this stuff. So he calls Adam for help. And Adam is a nice guy, like I said, so he's going to go and family's complicated. So despite the hard feelings um, and his resentment of his brother, and he hasn't done anything to him, and he's going to help also maybe get the chance to say, I told you so. So he ends up road tripping to Denver and finds the whole situation so much worse than he thought, which means he has to ask for help from the people he at least wants to the elves who live in our kind of almost dilapidated, dilapidated, almost out of defunct amusement park lakeside. And they're fun because oh, wow. they they steal cars and they're just a really different it, take on elves and, and a lot of just fun silliness. Sounds like so much fun. This is right up my alley. I like stuff that is off the beaten track and it just sounds absolutely fabulous. Uh, I just love so, it. And, and Blackstone just re-released it in hardcover with some fan art and stuff or character art and stuff inside of it. So they just did a beautiful job on the re-release, but it's it's pretty much available everywhere. It's really great on audio too. Michael does that one as well. Um, I, I love it. And it it's urban fantasy, right? So it's set in our world in a magical right, overlay. Right. And Adam is just, he's just really interesting to write because he's so, he's so lost in some ways. He's 20, but his, his, what happened to him in his life caused him to be not as mature as he should be. He's just a, I just love Adam. And I, I love his evolution over the three books. Um, and we get to see where he goes. That's just sounds, sounds wonderful. So I had to make that little detour. No this has been another Magic Monday with my guest, David R. Slayton, and we've been talking mostly about Dark Moon, Shallow Sea. If you would like a chance to win a copy of this absolutely gorgeous book, drop me an email at my email, contact at carrieshafer.com. You will see it in notes wherever I'm posting this podcast and tell me which is your favorite Greek mythology entity for your chance to win. Thanks again, David, for being here. This has just really been uh, wonderful to get to catch up with you. Bye, everybody. I will be back um, for another Magic Monday very soon with another world and another author. Thanks, Carrie. Bye. Bye.